Hello, hello, and welcome back to Unverified, the podcast helping you redefine success on social media. I'm your host, Coralie Trigger. If we haven't met yet, hey, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for being here. I'm an Emmy-winning creator and digital consultant, and I'm here to talk about all things social media and digital marketing with a little twist. And that is, I don't care how many followers you have, because for brands and businesses, social media platforms are just tools, kind of like kitchen utensils. It doesn't really matter how large or beautiful or expensive your collection of antique spoons are if you're trying to eat a salad, you know, you just need a fork. And I mean, vintage spoon collections sound cool, I guess, if you have the time and passion for it, great. But when it comes to eating your salad, it's just not helpful. And that's how I feel about prioritizing growing large followings, going viral and getting your account verified. They're all great sometimes, but not always the most helpful goal you can have going into it. That's why I make a conscious effort to turn away from digital vanity numbers in favor of focusing on real life goals that digital strategy can support. That's my style anyway. So let's talk about today's episode. Today's episode is all about you. You called in and left me some voicemails with questions about everything from finding your white space and growing an email list to feeling old on TikTok, which I hear you, and how to optimize your Instagram. I'm here to answer them and we'll get into it right after this. Today's episode of Unverified is being brought to you from the heart of East Nashville at the Russell, a historic church transformed into a -a one-of-a-kind boutique hotel. The Russell's mission is to give back to the Nashville community through their Rooms for Rooms program. They donate a portion of every stay to local organizations that provide a safe haven for those in need in the Nashville community. Visit russellnashville.com to book your experience today. All right, let's do this. I'm excited. This first batch of questions all have to do with Instagram. And the first question is from Abby in New York. Hey, Coralie, it's Abby calling. Um, I am in a pickle and I could really use your help. Um, I'm in the middle of trying to figure out how to launch myself in the health and wellness and beauty space on Instagram and social in general. Um, And I was just curious, knowing that the landscape right now is honestly just so saturated and oversaturated, if I could be honest. Um, How does one stand out in the crowd? How do you find your white space and uh, how do you use it to to launch yourself into the space you want to be? Thanks so much. Bye. Hey, Abby. First of all, big congratulations on your new project and also thanks for your questions. Let's see if I can help. So first off, you are so spot on about the market feeling oversaturated. It definitely feels like there are days where there are more health and beauty experts online than there are not, (laughs) but that doesn't mean that there's not space for you. We're just going to get a little bit creative. So the first thing this reminds me of is a little bit cheesy, but stay with me. (laughs) It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from Bill Nye, and he says something to the effect of, everyone knows something that you don't know which when you flip it also means that you know something that everyone on this planet does not know. So I would encourage you to start there. What have you experienced in your health and wellness and beauty journey that is unusual or different? Who did you wish you had in your life when you were going through those struggles and how can you show up for people going through that now? And even like, what are you going through now that you're looking for a community for help and and support and guidance? You know, you don't have to come into this space completely as 
an expert in everything, (laughs) you can come in with what you know and an idea of what you're interested in learning and the kinds of people and organizations and brands that you're interested in connecting with. You can come in with the intention of being both of service and in search of something at the same time. You know, just be clear in your messaging, but those are not at all mutually exclusive. One of the things that I love the most about social media as opposed to traditional media is that there is room on social to grow with your audience and learn, and that's totally acceptable. So humor me for a second. I want to take a quick trip down digital media history lane for a minute, just so that we can think about our relationship with different screens and how we can best show up on our phone for other people today. So let's go back to film days when the only way that you could experience a movie was going to a theater and you could go to the theater and and watch a character on the big screen for the duration of the movie. And that's going to be the only experience you have with that character unless there is a sequel or you go back and watch the movie again and think about where you're sitting in the theater too. Like you're pretty far away from the screen. So the next level of familiarity would be seeing characters more often and physically closer. So I would go for maybe scripted television. That's going to be a character or a group of characters showing up in your home once a week for, I don't know, 24 weeks out of the year, whatever their pickup is. And you get to see them for that whole time. And the distance between your couch and the television is going to be closer than the movie theater seat to the screen. We're talking pre-streaming television days where you had to watch on the one television set in the living room. So now even more frequent than that is going to be your daytime talk shows, your late night talk shows, your daily news programs, anything that's coming on your screen weekdays. And you get to feel even closer to those people. Now we're in this era where you have access to some of your favorite influencer and celebrity types and even the digital personas of friends and family not only at all times, like whenever your phone is charged, but also physically think about the proximity. You're holding your phone so much closer to your face and that's such an intimate experience. It's also never finite, right? There is no moment in the social media experience where you pause and roll the credits. There's not a, there's not ever a moment of arrival. So I would encourage you to lean into that and give yourself permission to not start out being perfect. I think probably the best piece of advice I can give you for starting as a new personality in the digital landscape right now is to focus only half of your strategy on the media part, which is your content, and the other half on the social part, which is really just leaning into connecting with people like yourself uh, online, like you would in the real world. Um, Actually, I lied. Well, I didn't lie about that. That... (laughs) that I fully support, but I thought of something else. The other thing is to pay attention to how the social platforms you're using are making money and what features they're trying to promote, how they're trying to compete. Then when you think about trends, hop on them in the way that the platforms are going to favor to maximize your reach. That's a really, that's an important one. Um, Actually, and one more thing. <laughs> okay, and then I'm gonna cut myself off. So the the last is to remember that there are communities built around celebrity types, but often the ones that are more sustainable and gain traction for that, that are built by everyday people are the ones that are about something that's bigger than the person. 
So figure out what's bigger than yourself and what you want to geek out about and create a space for other people to do the same. Okay, I'm going to cut myself off like I promised. I hope that helps. Please feel free to DM me your handle at UnverifiedPod so I can follow and support. I would love to see what you're up to and cheer you on as you grow. All right, let's get to the next voicemail. It is from Tracy in Washington. Hey, Coralie, it's Tracy. I need help with my Trees Have Feelings Instagram page because as an artist, I don't know how to make it look artsy while also doing what I need to do, which is market and sell um, sell things as well as making sure that I'm current and I don't miss Earth Day or Mother's Day or whatever day, and I'm not a great planner. So there we have it. Help. I need to pull all these things together. Tracy, thank you so much for your question. I am such a fan of you and your work. And for those of y'all listening, if you're not familiar with Tracy, but you're a fan of trees, nature, whimsical art, definitely go check out her work on Instagram. Her handle is at trees have feelings and she has prints and cards and just the sweetest stories. And I am, I'm all about it. So, okay, let's get into it. Tracy, the first concern I heard in your question was about making your page seem artsy. And I don't want to dismiss your concern entirely, but I want to say that your individual posts are incredibly fun and artsy and inherently on brand because they're of you and your work and your work in progress and your supplies and your inspiration. So in terms of getting started, you are absolutely in a great spot. I know that there are a lot of brands and artists who treat their Instagram feed like the bougiest art gallery. <laughs> and that works for really curated feeds, but the trade-off is that Number one, it takes a ton of planning, which it sounds like you're not interested in doing, which no judgment. And two, it doesn't leave a ton of room for authenticity and it can be really performative. So I don't want you to compare yourself to that. It tends to work for like huge museums or galleries, but for those of us who are getting started, I definitely recommend leaning into your authenticity. The only thing that really matters in your feed is that when someone comes to it for the first time, they can quickly get an understanding of who you are, what you do, and how you could provide value to them, whether it's entertainment, education, inspiration, whatever. So as soon as someone gets to your profile, they're going to see your profile image, your short bio in under four lines. Beyond that, you have to you know click to see more. So the first four lines of your bio and the first nine to 12 images on Instagram, depending on what device they're on. So I would encourage you to create some kind of rhythm with your posting in terms of just making sure you have a variety of images, but it doesn't have to be complicated at all. It can just be a rotation between you know your finished artwork, um, your finished artwork in environments, you know, like in a frame on a wall, uh, behind the scenes, work in progress, art supplies, your, you know, photos of inspiration outside pictures of you working, you know, at any given time, someone's experiencing your Instagram for the first time. And you just want to make sure that they get like an appropriate glimpse into what you really have to offer, um, just to try to try to get their attention. 
And even though you don't want to plan, your your social posts don't have to be day and date. So if you go on a hike and take a ton of tree pictures, I would just save them, save a bunch of them as drafts. And then you can post them every like four to six images whenever, you know, you remember. It's like, oh, I've been doing a bunch of like inside stuff. I should post a tree next. And then, oh, look at that. I've got a ton of options in my drafts. So in summary, it absolutely does not need to look like an art gallery, but if you want to think about an analogy for how to curate it, um, maybe thinking about it like a scrapbook (laughs) could be a little bit less stressful. And I think it's going to produce results that you're happy with. So you and your art are artsy. What you're capturing is whimsical and naturey, and your Instagram will inherently be on brand if you continue to post images of yourself and your work and your inspiration. If there is a certain aesthetic that you're trying to go for or an account that you're really inspired by that you want to emulate, definitely send me a DM and we can brainstorm around that. But I think you're, I think you're doing just fine. Your second concern was all about how to use Instagram to market and sell as an artist. And I know it can be really overwhelming. So The first thing I want to do is remind you that your entire marketing plan does not need to be executed on Instagram. Marketing is just a small part of your business strategy. And in marketing, social is a small part of that. And Instagram is an even smaller part. You can rely heavily on Instagram, but to put all of your eggs in one basket, that's that's a ton of stress. So When you think about Instagram marketing, I want you to give yourself permission to think about it in two buckets. One is the paid advertising campaigns, and that would be kind of more of a hard sell. And then in the other bucket, you just have your brand awareness. So for bucket number one, let your marketing person worry about the hard sell. And today let's focus on the brand awareness part that is more in your control. So this is going to sound really simple, but I can't tell you how often it's overlooked. The two most important parts of a social media strategy are the social part and the media part. The media part is the content that you're creating and posting. And the social part is about engaging with other humans in a digital space. Both, I would argue, are equally important. They're kind of like the diet and exercise of a great strategy. You kind of, you could do one or the other, but Ideally, you do better when both are done at the same time. So instead of opening up Instagram and immediately being overwhelmed by marketing buzzwords, go into it with the intention of connecting with other artists and people who like trees and nature and maybe even like home stagers or decorators or gallery owners whose professional lives and regular lives could be enriched by your work. Go in with the intention of wanting to learn about other people who have shared interests and develop relationships just like you would at any other networking event in real life. And I know that there's a lot of people online who are not doing that, right? They're going in with the, I'll follow you if you follow me back, or I'll like your post if you like my post. And there are all these surface level interactions happening online, but that doesn't mean that that's how you need to operate on those platforms. I'd maybe start with checking out what people are posting on what what people are tagging at national parks. See who you find, see what kind of content they're sharing and who resonates with you and focus on developing those relationships. 
that leads to, you know, having those people on and as a guest on your Instagram live and them sharing your work and growing together. And the other part of the strategy is the media part. And as an artist, your job is already to produce media. So I know doing extra for social media can be a lot. So what I'd like to offer you here is another mindset shift, um, which is instead of looking at Instagram as this place where you need to create stuff for exclusively, I wonder what would happen if you switched the lens to that of a documentary filmmaker. Video is starting to be um, is starting to be favored heavily anyway. So instead of needing to be an artist and produce your own work and then turn around and be a marketer and like figure out how to share your work online, what if you just did things like setting up a time-lapse recording on a tripod anytime you sit down to work or taking before and after pictures or when you're feeling inspired while you're on a nature walk, hitting record and taking us along with you or when you're coming up with a story for a tree, you know, leaning the your phone up against a mug of colored pencils, you know, it doesn't have to be a fancy setup and just hitting record and talking about the story of the tree. Anything that's that's not super intrusive but can bring us into the process, I think is a really cool sweet spot for you. And the last question you asked was about how to stay current without planning. Now, I personally am a huge fan of planning, but it's it's not a hill I'm willing to die on. So if you are really hell-bent against planning ahead, or it just brings on a level of anxiety that just isn't worth it, I hear you. I would recommend doing a very minimal amount of planning, stay with me, <laughs> making a calendar, or subscribing to a Google calendar of holidays that already exists, and then just set your alerts to what's most comfortable for you. So you say, okay, I want, get send me alert, an alert a week before Mother's Day, or I want to know two days before Valentine's Day, or give me, you know, three days heads up for Earth Day. Whatever it is, you can just blanket set your reminders so that you know you're going to get an alert before it happens. And I know I'm just throwing a lot at you right now, but I have to commend you for doing what you're doing. There are so many people who are afraid to create art and then people who are able to create it, but they're afraid to share it. And I just, I commend you for jumping in and learning along the way. I know this was a a career shift for you and I'm just, I'm so excited about your work and to see your account grow and I love your mission and I just think you're in a really great place to grow and I'm excited for you and I hope all of this helps and I'm always available via DM. Let me know if you have any follow-up questions. We'll talk soon, friend. All right, before I think of something else I want to say about the trees, let's go to the next question. It is from Ashley in Los Angeles. Uh, So my question is, once you get followers, how do you keep them engaged and active on your page? Hey, Ashley, thank you so much for your question. Um, The way that social platforms describe the people who want to see your content as followers 
puts so much pressure on people to create as if they were on this stage and they need to entertain and engage people. And it's this solo endeavor. It can be really overwhelming and anxiety ridden. So I want to first encourage you to look past the word audience or follower and change it to something else in your head like community or family or club or friends or whatever. And then instead of thinking about needing to entertain those people and keep them engaged, think about creating relationships with those people. I mentioned this earlier, I think when I was answering Abby's question, that there's this misconception that all social media is about the person posting the content. There are absolutely accounts, particularly celebrity accounts that are like that, and they're completely sustainable for them. But I would encourage you to figure out what you want to talk about besides yourself. And not that you're not wonderfully interesting and worth celebrating, but things that get you really excited, stuff that you want to geek out about. What's bigger than you that you're into that other people might also have an interest in? What do you want to connect with people about? And then just in general, think about ways that you can let those people know that they are seen, heard, and understood. How can you celebrate them? How can you lift them up? Whether it's replying to a comment or DM in a timely manner, whether it's taking their suggestion for a post, um, sharing something that they create on your stories, um, inviting people onto your Instagram live to have conversations about the stuff that you guys are both passionate about, and then they'll share that conversation with their community. Um, What are other ways that you can engage? Think about people that you fangirl over online. What would be the coolest thing for them to do for you? Like if you left a comment on Lizzo's Instagram and she liked it, that would be super cool. Um, If she replied to your comment, I mean, amazing. I would be screenshotting that and posting it everywhere. Um, If you did some fan art and she posted it on her Instagram story, that's just like a next level or duetting you on TikTok. I love her TikTok duets. (laughs) Um, Think about things that make you excited and then how you can do that for your community as well. Um, And then the last piece of advice for you is just to remember that the people who are following you will meet you where you are. So if you are envisioning a community that is open and safe and joyful and enthusiastic or whatever, however you want to describe your comment section, that's how you need to show up. And if you celebrate it, when you see that in your comments and in your DMs, that's what's going to continue to grow. So I hope that helps. Good luck, Ashley. Feel free to DM me your handle. I'd love to follow along and cheer you on. Unverified is supported by Doodle Different, a little book of places to start. With unique drawing prompts and hashtags on each page, Doodle Different is the place where offline creativity meets online community. It's a celebration of imagination. Get your copy or digital download on doodledifferent.com and use the code UNVERIFIED for 15% off. That's UNVERIFIED, like the name of this podcast, for 15% off at doodledifferent.com. Happy doodling! Hey, Corley, it's your sister, Shannon. (laughs) I know you've told me a million times that I should be growing my email list because I've been growing my audience on TikTok and YouTube, and it's a really great way to 
build that community sense, I get nervous because I feel like I would be spamming their inbox. And I also just hate writing. It's like the reason why I don't do a blog. It's, I just cannot get excited about sitting down and writing things out. I'd just so much rather do video. Do you think that an email list would be possible to create given my parameters? Hey, Shan. Yes, it's definitely possible. Thank you also for sending in your question and supporting my new podcast. Um, I 100% support creating and maintaining an email list. Less as a way to build a community and more just honestly as insurance for yourself. Um, It's so easy to get caught up in building social media empires on different platforms. And I don't want to alarm you, but you and everybody else, myself included, (laughs) were building them on rented land. And here's what I mean. You can think of the digital landscape today like a planet. Let's go with Earth. We're familiar with that one. Uh, and, And think about each social platform as their own country. So Instagram can be France. YouTube can be China, just ironically. And Facebook can be the United States, you know, just a little self-important. And then your personal website is just this teeny, teeny, tiny private island. What you're doing is essentially building embassies to promote your tiny private island, right? You're promoting all of your makeup related services. So in these embassies, you are allowed to be your brand. You know, you have your flag and the your mission and whatever you're sharing, but you have to follow all of the rules of the platform all of the time. So even if people stopped by your embassy and told you to tell them when your next event was, it's like somebody liking your page or following you somewhere, the platform decides how many of your followers actually see your posts. And this analogy can also extend to language and culture around styles of caption and how video content is best shot and posted natively. But the important takeaway here is you are not in charge. The platform has the final say in everything from how you can tell your story to how many people actually see what you're sharing. But on email, it's different. I mean, people could still sign up with their junk email account, um, but there's never going to be a little email goblin that's like, nope, I'm not delivering this today, (laughs) you know, or whatever. If any of the social platforms go down, like we saw with Vine or organic reach becomes paid, like we saw with Facebook, you are just 100% at the mercy of what that company decides to do. And with an email list, at least that's something that you can own. You're not relying on a third party to get information to people who want to receive your content because they are inspired by it or they're learning or they're entertained, whatever it is, whatever that value that you're providing that people want, you're still going to be able to get it to them regardless of what happens on other platforms. So your other concern was about spamming people or feeling like you're spamming people. So just a friendly reminder that people are going to opt in and, they're all, and they can always unsubscribe, right? Just like they could on social. Um, but you do, just because I know you, <laughs> you have a few different kinds of people in your audience. You have um, beginners, people who want to learn about makeup, and then you also have all of your film professional makeup artist world. So 
I, you could do a few things with this. You could have a, seg- a segmented email list where you're sending different emails to different people. And I can already see you like hemming and hawing and rolling your eyes. That is pretty involved or could be pretty involved. The other way you could do it is just have different sections in your email. So you have like a little intro, like, Hey, happy July. If you want to send something monthly and keep it really basic. Hey, happy July for the, for, for makeup beginners. And you share a video, um, for, um, for film enthusiasts, check out this video for, um, like what's going on in my personal vlog, click here, whatever it is, you can create different segments in your email list to appeal to everyone. And then going forward, you could do it based on what people are clicking on. If you find that it actually becomes this really cool industry email for people to get, you could lean into that and, and turn it into that. If it turns into more of, oh my gosh, I'm getting so many um, so many basic beauty questions, you turn it into more, more of that. You can make a data informed decision after you've done it for a little while and see kind of what the demand is and what you enjoy doing, which I know you're saying, I do not enjoy email. I already said that. So I want to address your last concern too, which was about not enjoying writing. And this is super, super common. And I have a couple hacks that that work really well. So the first is to go to Google Docs, open a new document and click Command Shift S as in Shannon, or go to the search bar and type in voice typing because Lord knows you can talk about makeup. <laughs> and this goes for a, for a lot of people too, right? You're used to being able to talk about it, but writing is something totally different. So then don't write about it. Let the computer write about it. You're going to click Command Shift S in your blank Google Doc. A little microphone's going to pop up. You're going to click it and you're just going to start talking and it's going to transcribe it for you. So all of a sudden it becomes more conversational. It's more of your voice. And then you can go back and edit and that can be that can be your email. The other thing for you is that you have such a library of YouTube and TikTok videos already. You can transcribe those. Just click play on your YouTube video after you've turned on the voice typing in in your Google Doc. Let Google transcribe your YouTube videos for you. And that could be, I know you don't have a blog right now, but that could be a great blog if you're ever interested in driving traffic to your website or you are interested in SEO for any reason, um, that could be a great thing to do there. It could also be great content as like, just take the first, you know, few lines of the transcription from a YouTube video intro. And that's your teaser for a video that you're going to embed in your email. You, you have so much content. I think it would be pretty straightforward to bank I don't know, a year's worth of emails pretty quickly. Um, the other thing you could do if you really, really just don't want to look at words on a page and that brings on a level of anxiety that's just not worth it, you could look into doing some kind of trade with um, with a beauty blogger that they don't do video, um, but maybe they want video content on their page Um, and maybe there's some way to do some kind of trade there. I'm not sure. Whatever you're feeling, there are a lot of ways that you can figure out how to make emails work, but I would recommend growing that list so that you can reach the people who are interested in your content. And you know where to find me if you need some help. So (laughs) good luck. I believe in you. I think you can totally do this, and I think it's going to be super helpful.
And before I move on to the next question, I've just got to be a proud big sis for a minute and do a little plug for Shannon Marie. If y'all are interested in makeup for yourself or the behind the scenes of makeup for film, TV, and commercials, be sure and give at Makeup by Shannon Marie a follow. She posts the most on YouTube and TikTok, um, but it's also everywhere else. And she's just an absolute wealth of knowledge. I'm a little biased, but I think she's the best in this space. All right. Our next question is from Julie Lee in Nashville. Hey, Coralie. It's Julie Lee Simpson here in Nashville. And I got a question for you. Um, I'm 54. Am I too old to learn TikTok and to, to even be on it? Hey, Julie, thanks for your question. It is a big, resounding, no, you are not too old to be on TikTok. Absolutely not. Uh, there's this super common misconception among people who are not on the platform and only see TikTok videos on Instagram or maybe even Facebook. And that is that it's only young people dancing. And yeah, there are a ton of young people dancing. But if you're not interested in that, you're never going to see it. The best part of TikTok and probably honestly the worst thing ever for our own personal confirmation bias is that once you've spent a little bit of time on the platform, you are only going to find exactly what you're interested in. So TikTok, like all other platforms, they're competing for our attention and data. So they are naturally going to do everything in their power to show you what you want to see so that you'll keep coming back. I think the best way to get started is just to go hang out on it for an afternoon. You're going to see all kinds of videos, just scroll past the ones that don't seem interesting and engage with the ones that do leave a comment, like somebody else's comment, watch it a couple times. And the platform's going to start to learn about what you like to see. And it's going to start sharing more things like that with you and more things that other people who like that video like. So on traditional social media sites, the original way to experience them was that you would see what your friends were posting first. But on TikTok, you start with what's called a for you page, and that's just curated content. So people will go onto the app intentionally to see people that they don't know talk about things that they are interested in, which is kind of an interesting way to experience it. It kind of has that OG Tumblr vibe uh, in terms of that part of the experience. But it's just now starting to kind of come out of its Wild West phase in that there are lots of celebrities and big brands. They're releasing boosted posts and other ways to monetize. So, but now is still better than later to, to get on and to start creating content. So I would be so excited to see what you create there. So definitely DM me your handle when you get started. I'd love to send you some creators that I think would be good for you to follow. And I'd love to follow you. So I hope that helps. If you've got a question for me, let me know. Visit unverifiedpod.com and click be on the show. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show and hear more, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on social at unverifiedpod. Anytime you interact with one of our posts, you're telling the social platform that you like what we're doing and it'll send you more of it. At the same time, it will also widen the reach of the post in general so more people will have a chance to see it. And we really appreciate that. We're booking new guests and I'd love to hear from you. Have a social media question or a digital specialty? Visit unverifiedpod.com and click be on the show.
Unverified is produced by Trigger Creative, edited by Matt Fields, with special thanks to Zach Knudsen, Gwen Rogers, and Abby White. Thanks for listening.